Welcome to Caregiver Crossing, a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. And now, here's your host, Tina McIntosh, along with Sarah Shetty. Hello, hello. Welcome to Caregiver Crossing, the podcast. It's Sarah Shaddy again coming at you. I think this is our fourth episode of 2020, and I'm really excited. Um, I really liked school. I think I did pretty well in school. Um, science was not my strong suit, but I'm fascinated by it. And today we are joined uh, by Tara Lineweaver, who's a professor of psychology and the director of neuroscience minor uh, at Butler University. Hi, Tara. Hi. Dr. Lineweaver. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, along with uh, one of her students, Tori Casaburo, who is a senior at Butler uh, with a communication sciences and disorders um, degree or about to uh, yes. complete that degree and then going on to become a speech pathologist, yes, right? That's correct, yeah. Wonderful. So Dr. Lineweaver and Tori, um, and a few, how many students total are involved with the study? I know it's not just Tori. It's right. how many? Yeah, we have anywhere from about 20 to 30 students each semester okay. that work with us on this research project. So they have been uh, coming to Joy's house. They it, it first came about six months ago to do a fascinating study uh, called Music First Hearing Recovery Study. And I'm not going to even begin to tell you what the study is. <laughs> I am going to leave that to you. Can you t describe what this study is and what you're trying to research and, and figure out? Absolutely. So for the last five years, we've been studying the effects of personalized music playlists on cognition, behavior, mood of um, adults with dementia. And we've been doing this throughout nursing homes in Indiana. Um, and we added a component during this study where we're interested in how treating cerumen impaction, which is earwax in the ears, might help our adults with dementia actually show a bigger improvement as a result of listening to the music. Wow. I mean, we all know how... I mean, we don't, you don't have to really know that much about science. If you, you spend time around people with a dementia diagnosis, how important music is. Um, so why, I, I know you've worked with a variety of different types of settings. Um, so what brought you to Joyce House? I think that our very first experience with this research study was at Joy's house about five years ago. Um, and we just had so much fun working with the guests here and the staff were so wonderful and welcoming that we were really excited to have an opportunity to come back. So can you walk me through like when you arrive to Joy's house, maybe Tori, what, what do you do when you get here? What does your time here look like? So I come with a couple students and we'll sign in, we'll come um, interact with the guests. So we will um, look in their ears, um, see if there's any cerumen to identify the participants that we'll be looking at. And um, from there, we kind of just do, run some tests and listen to music with them and honestly just interact with them and have fun. So, so there is sort of a screening then. So yes. some guests are better, um, more eligible for the study than others. And it's all about that. I just keep calling it earwax, but yes, the correct. cerumen, right? Yeah, we have two qualification criteria for this study. Okay. So um, for us to work with a guest at Joyce House, they must have qualify with a dementia diagnosis, um, and then they also must have 
cerumen impaction, earwax in their ears. Um, and then during the study, we treat the earwax in half of the participants in our study. And those are randomly determined. Okay. And even our students who are working with the guests don't know which ones are getting treated and which oh, ones wow. are not. And then when the study ends, after about six to eight weeks, then we treat the earwax in the other participants as well so that everybody ends up with clear ears at the end. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> but, but we're able to evaluate whether that treatment in particular made a difference in people's response to the music. Okay. And the guests seem to... I haven't actually seen it in, in action. How, how do the guests typically react during to... the study? I mean, to the music, yes. to just the entire kind of experience. In my personal experience, I have noticed that the guests have loved listening to the music. Um, I'll be walking around with headphones. I'll have guests come up to me and say, hey, can I listen to my music today? And they're just so eager to listen to music and just to interact with us. So that's a really great part of the study that I've enjoyed. Is there a certain type of music that's being played? Yeah, so we'll actually interact with the guests and ask them um, what kind of music they prefer. We'll give them a list of artists. We'll ask them about prior life experiences and kind of get a grasp on what kind of music they like to listen to. So that way they are benefiting from the music that we choose from for them. And then we target music that's from their late teens to early 20s. Oh, interesting. This, Why is, that? this is a time in their life when they're really establishing their identity. They're making choices oh. about who their best friends are going to be for the rest of their life, who their spouse might be. They might be starting a family, choosing a career. So this is a really emotionally meaningful time in people's lives. And our hope is that the music helps them reconnect to that sure. identity, right? Because one of the sad difficulties with dementia is that people's memory declines and sometimes it's harder for them to remember these substantial important events and kind of connect to these past life experiences. And we find that music from this particular time point really helps reconnect them. Um, if you've seen the documentary Alive Inside, then it's, it. you haven't. It's a great movie um, and it's available on Amazon Prime or yeah, uh, you can get inside. it alive inside. Okay. Um, and it's a whole documentary about how they were using music in nursing homes to help these older adults kind of reconnect to their previous lives and identities. And um, it is as if they are coming alive inside when they're listening to the music. Um, yeah, so it, it was kind of an inspiration for our study. One of the things that we do differently is we combine it with science. Right. Right. So we were really interested in who does this work for? Under what conditions does this work? Are there other factors that we can look at, such as the cerumen impaction, that could make a difference in how this music affects the people that are listening to it? So can you share any findings so far about what you are noticing with or I know it's still okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we have just started analyzing the data, and um, we had about six participants last fall from Joy's House that completed the study. We had started the study previously at Avon Health, okay. and we collected some data there. Um, but one of the difficulties with this type of data collection is that, for various reasons, people don't complete the study. Okay. Um, particularly, people are no longer coming to Joy's House, or they don't come on a regular basis when we're here to right. interact with them. Um, so we don't have as much data as we would like to draw any definitive conclusions. Um, in our past studies, we have consistently found that sundowning symptoms, mm -hmm. which are kind of those symptoms that get worse as the day progresses, includes things like confusion and agitation mm -hmm. and restlessness, um, disengagement where people are just disconnecting from their environment. All of those things seem to improve substantially in the short term after listening to music. 
And then in terms of our long-term outcomes, we also find some improvements in agitation as people um, listen to music across weeks or months during this study. So... So it really is this kind of two-part study with both the music and then the, the earwax. That's right. And is it is it there also something that is trying to show, it, I mean, what is the, the, I guess, the purpose of measuring that earwax? Right. Well, we discovered as we were playing music for many of these um, participants enrolled in our study that maybe they actually couldn't hear the music, wow. right? Because they have cerumen impaction and that can not only affect their hearing of the music, but other aspects of their lives, like their mm -hmm. speech and language abilities, their ability to understand what's going on around them, which can affect their cognitive function in general. So um, we decided that taking some time to treat the cerumen impaction might allow our music to have a more powerful effect. But even if that were not the case, it might result in improvements in their ability to socially interact interact with other sure. people. Do you know what is that I mean is that something that's getting examined regularly by I don't know at doctors is that because it sounds like if it really does have that big of an impact <laughs> yeah. should it be something that's regularly looked at and cleaned out and I don't know what's what's currently being what the practices kind of yeah um, I'm sure yeah people get screened for cerumen impactions all the time um, it is like a, a big component to your hearing because you can get a hearing loss if you do have that cerumen impaction. So it is something that is regular ch regular checked and should be checked. So yeah. Yeah. if they're if they are being taken to the doctor to check exactly, yes. right. exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that is so. And so, how many guests? You said six, right? In the first round of the study, okay. we had six guests participate, and our students just loved coming and interacting with them every week. Uh -huh. um, it was the highlight of their week, so it was really fun. I mean, I think that's the other really special thing about what we do is we're connecting Butler students to older adults in the community who are, yeah. you know, at Joy's house or in a nursing home, and that can make such a difference just in terms of having that interaction every week. Um, and and, you know, we're in the process of screening additional participants at Joy's house to okay. see if we can have some new people participating in the study this spring. I was going to say, I saw Tori here earlier yes. today. <laughs> so is that what you were here doing? Yeah. Was I was screening. Yeah, I was screaming for, screening for cerumen impactions. And okay. Year, so, yeah. Great. So hopefully continuing the spring. Yeah, we'd like to have another 10 to 15 participants this spring. We have students that are eager to come and, and build those individualized playlists and play yeah. the music for them so that we can hopefully have a positive impact on their everyday experience. So is that part of what you did, Tori? Did you build those playlists, find yes, their songs and research yes. music? Have you found some new songs that you like? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Frank, Frank Sinatra. Yeah. I've been oh, that's, that's a big one yeah. here. Yeah. That's a big one at Joy's house. That's yeah. a big one. <laughs> so will the uh, study continue in maybe a different settings after, yeah. after the spring semester? Yeah. We had originally hoped to have about 100 individuals okay. in the study overall, and we know that it's a slow process. Sure. To identify people, to connect to nursing homes or to adult day services programs like Joy's House, to find people who qualify, um, to get consent from their families sure. for us to um, enroll this, the participants in the study. Um, so it's kind of slow going, but that's one of the things about this kind of research is you just learn to be patient right. and not draw conclusions too soon and you know, see how everything turns out, but it's worth it in the end. Um, cause another thing is, you know, we would, we hope that with the music listening and improvement in other kinds of dementia related symptoms like agitation or depression, um, or, you know, cognitive decline that we can help 
help patients with dementia, maybe rely less on medications and use music instead to improve some of those associated symptoms. And if we can do that, then this music is well worth worth the cost and the investment in setting up a playlist, getting an iPod and putting headphones on is so much better than treating someone with medications that can have harmful side effects in the long run. Right. I mean, that's what I was just thinking. I know you said that it's kind of a slow process to collect all the data and analyze it. Um, But I think an immediate takeaway, especially for caregivers listening who might have a loved one uh, with dementia, is just that music component. That's right. And really, like you said, that that kind of late teen, early 20s years, identifying those favorite songs because it really can in the immediate moment bring calmness enjoyment um, a lot of positive energy but then also that positive effect on those sound sundowning um, behaviors I think that's a great just immediate takeaway we encourage everybody to set up a playlist um, for people that they know now who may have dementia, but also for anyone who might have dementia in the future, Sure. right? So you can set up your playlist when you're young. I think, you know, today's generation is in a whole new situation because their music is already kind of organized in playlists. That sure. was not true. Right. That was not true when I was a, right. when I was a teenager. I've got mine set. Right? Yes. <laughs> right. So yeah. if you use those kinds of, yeah. um, you know, Pandora, Spotify, or whatever to set up playlists, then mine you've already all got my mix CDs from college. College right. That I burned. <laughs> right. Yes. In the early 2000s. Oh. <laughs> um, well, this has just been fascinating. Thank Good. you so much for yes. for talking to me and to all of us listening um, about the study. And um, it just sounds like you guys are doing some really great work over at the. Uh, the School of Communication Sciences and Disorders. You're talking about how that is the longest major. When she yes. first said it, I thought she had she was triple majoring, and I was like, nope. Oh. Just an <laughs> yeah. But yes, um, yeah. If, if, did you want to say anything else about the work you're doing? Or there's probably not like a, usually this is the point in the podcast where I say and to learn more. Yes, visit, but there's probably really not that out no, there. No, we, we don't have a website or anything right now that's easy to access. Um, there is an organization at Butler called Sound Minds. Okay. And you can look up Sound Minds through the Butler website. And that's um, kind of an overarching group that's that's working in this field and area and proposing some other studies as well. So you can learn a little bit there. Um, but I guess I would just like to say thank you to Joy's House for having us, um, not just as the podcast, but but allowing us to come work with the guests here because it's such a joy for us and it's such a joy for the students to be able to come here every day and interact with the guests. It's just lovely. So thank you. Well, of course. We we love Butler. We have a, a wonderful relationship with several yeah. different groups and yeah. in different capacities, and it's just a wonderful partnership. So yeah. thank you to you guys yes. as well. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. Well, if you want to learn more... Um, it, it, can you say it one more time? Sound and music? Sound Minds. Sound Minds. Mm-hmm. Sound Minds uh, through Butler University. Um, it's just really fascinating work uh, being done. And we're just appreciative, like I said, of that partnership. All right, guys, be safe. Take care. And we will see you next week. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Caregiver Crossing a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. If you would like to learn more about Joy's House, visit joyshouse.org. And for social media, you can like us on Facebook at Caregiver Crossing.